0: Hi, everybody. This is EdTech Tips in 10, CETA Sessions. I'm your host, Mitchell. Welcome to the podcast. And we're here today with our guests, Dr. Jeremy Dittmeyer and Dr. Jamie Tanas. Course improvement coordinators in the Office of Teaching, Learning, and Technology. Do you want to introduce yourselves?
1: Hello, I'm
0: Jeremy.
2: Yeah, hi, I'm Jamie Tanas.
0: And as always, we ask our guests to share something fun or interesting about themselves so our listeners can get to know you.
1: So before I worked at the university, I used to be a forest ranger up in Alaska, where a big part of my job was helping helping people learn about black bears, but I also had to help black bears cross the road. So I was a little, like a big part of my job was being a crossing guard for black bears. So if you get the chance, I highly recommend being a forest ranger. Very nice. Um,
2: Before, I was also gonna talk about what I did before this, before I um, worked here and went back to school, I used to be a high school um, science and math teacher which maybe is also like working with wildlife. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Those are some super interesting positions. Um, So the first thing I wanted to ask is, what are some projects or daily work that you encounter in your position as course improvement coordinators?
2: Sure, yeah, I'll start on that one. Um, Jeremy and I both work coordinating um, all of the resources within the Office of Teaching and Learning Technology, which we have quite a a lot to offer. We have um, the Center for Teaching, we have learning spaces, we have instructional services and research and analytics um, offices that all work toward helping faculty and instructors improve their courses. Um, And we primarily focus on um, large introductory courses because they have a big impact on students' overall career at the university um, and their retention. Um, And we're thinking of ways to help those courses uh, run better, be taught better. Um, Do you want to add
1: to that, Jeremy? So for many of these students, it's their first time coming to college. They're sitting in a big lecture hall. And that's a really hard space to teach in because suddenly it's one professor for sometimes like five, 600 students. And we know that's not the best way to teach, but that's the situation these professors have been put into. So Jamie and I and all of our colleagues in the Office of Teaching, Learning and Technology um, are here to support them as they take on this really monumental task.
2: I think we could also mention Mitchell, that we partner with people across campus (laughs) because it's such a complex um, endeavor to improve these. So we also work really closely with the Office of Academic Support and Retention, which think about how to support our students um, both in and outside the classroom through things like supplemental instruction, um, a learning assistance program, and um, a number of other ways that they are able to.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a super interesting role within our campus. Um, On the podcast, we've had... A few different guests from the Office of Teaching Learning and Technology, but it's really interesting having um, you both on because you work with these larger courses. So I was wondering how do you support student learning in these larger introductory courses?
1: Yeah, like I said a second ago, it's like it's really hard just because of how many students um, they are, but also because it's their first time in college. So one of the things that we work with when we work with instructors of these courses is creating a welcoming environment and how they can do that through the language in their syllabus, um, small things like changing office hours into student hours um, and also just providing space for the students to get to know who the professor is so that the professor isn't just, you know, some person sitting at the front of the classroom, but it's someone that you, has a pet or has really cool research interests, someone that the students then might want to approach and talk to and learn more from.
2: Yeah, and I would say also, you know, that we know there's some best practices for teaching, like one being engaging and active learning. So have So, you know, not just Passively taking in the information, right? But kind of interacting with it some way, thinking about it while you're while you're hearing it, talking with someone else is a great way to learn. Um, but these are challenging things to do in large courses, and so we think specifically about how to apply those learning principles when you're in, you know, a, a large course. Um, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about tools for doing that later but there's there's some things that we know are good for learning and so jeremy and i think a lot about like what is what are best teaching and learning practices and how can we do that in these kind of courses
1: especially when they tend to be so they just focus on lecture and that just washes over students it's just like words coming in with the tide um so helping faculty think of different ways to engage these large courses um beyond just you know having a lecture which is Really challenging.
0: Those sound like really interesting ideas and as a student who's taken some of these larger courses, I completely support and uh, could see how you want to utilize some of these ideas and increase engagement and uh, build a comfort level with the students um, within these courses. And Jamie, I know you had briefly mentioned it, but I would love if you could describe some of those tools that you have utilized in the larger courses because I think for newer instructors at Iowa we have a long list of tools that they can utilize and if somebody is um, setting up their larger course um, maybe some tools that are worth checking out uh, in that planning.
2: Yeah sure one of the tools that um, several of the instructors um, that we work with have utilized is Top Hat um, and Top Hat is a student response system that allows all of the students in the course to show, like in real time, a response to a question by the instructor. So, um, you know, this can be used during the class to check for understanding. It can be used to kind of review material from before. Um, it could be used to kind of have some discussion time between students during the class um, and then allow them to answer the question. And it also shows like in real time, like how students are learning, right? So you can see if there's any like misunderstandings or areas that need to be um, covered a little bit more and the instructor can use that to inform their teaching and get really quick feedback from a large group of students in a course like that. Um, Another feature of top hat that some of our instructors have used is a discussion feature so you can actually type in questions during the lecture with a large number of students. Um, And the the students can like the question and it can pop it up to the top right and so um, really quickly without a lot of like you know back in my day we had to like collect note cards right without a lot of effort on the a part of the faculty, um, you can kind of gauge from the students what questions they have and also give them a chance to sort of check their understanding of the material during that that lecture with a lot of students all at once.
1: Yeah, so another tool that we've been promoting a lot um, and seeing some success within our group uh, in these large courses is called Gradescope. Um, one of the, a key part of learning is getting responsive, quick feedback, um, which is really challenging to do in these large courses. So if you give a midterm exam for 500 students, even with a dozen TAs, that's going to take a long time to grade. But with Gradescope, um, if you ask good questions, it can actually sort the questions out for you. Um, the an- er- So how Gradescope works, you create your test and then it gets scanned in. So the Gradescope has a digital copy of everybody's written answer, and then it can go through with AI and kind of sort out some of the answers. So if students wrote similar things, like if they're solving a math problem and they have it set up similarly, they'll all kind of get grouped together. So then the TA can quickly go through and be like, yep, these all line up um, and quickly grade those and then move on to the next one. Okay, these ones are all also similar. They got this exponent wrong, so then they can quickly go through and grade those. Another thing that's really great about Gradescope is when you are grading um, 500 exams, it's really difficult if you are going through and you decided that you're going to take off one point if they missed um, this part of the equation. But then as you go through, you're noticing that, oh, some students actually missed this other part of the equation a step beforehand. So now I have to go and regrade all those other pieces as well. Well, in Gradescope, you can actually modify your grading rubric as you're going through. So you can change the percentages. So if they lost one point, maybe now they only lose half a point. Um, and if you make that change halfway through grading, it retroactively will go back and grade all the other ones. Um, so it can really reduce that grading time, increase the turnarounds that our students See that feedback more quickly so they can make better decisions like oh wow i really need to hit up the math lab more frequently because this was a really hard exam
0: yeah both of those tools sound incredibly useful for these uh, larger courses on our campus so if somebody is listening to this and they're really liking these ideas and they want to improve their course where should they go to find more information
1: Yeah, so the Office of Teaching Learning Technology, we offer a lot of workshops. Um, So if you go to teach.its.uiowa.edu slash events slash upcoming, I know that's a mouthful. um, You can then see all the upcoming workshops we have on all the different technology pieces. Um, So those are running all the time. They're open to grad students, instructors, anybody who wants to stop by and learn more about the technology we're using on campus.
2: Yeah, and if you want a little bit more specific support, we love working with instructors from all over campus, um, talking about challenges and solutions that they face in these large introductory courses. Um, if you email teaching at you will um, reach someone in our office who can connect you with um, all of these resources that we've talked about. Um, and you know we didn't mention we also, you know, learning to use these tools requires some thinking about pedagogy. So we've got our Center for Teaching. and then we also have research and analytics where we're working with faculty to like measure what's happening when we make these changes and that really informs um, our decisions about these things as well. So so that email you reach all of us um, and, and a really great team of folks that can help you think about improving your course.
0: That is great. And I will link all of those materials there in the description if anybody wants to check that out. And I would like to thank you again, Jeremy and Jamie, for joining us today. It has certainly been a pleasure and I've learned a lot about uh, resources for these larger courses and uh, course design here at Iowa.
2: Thanks, Mitchell. It was fun. Yeah, thank you.
0: And see you all in episode 20. If you ever want to book a consult with one of us, the Student Instructional Technology Assistants, send an email to Sita, that's S-I-T-A at uiowa.edu, and one of us will get back to you.
2: All right, see you soon.
0: See you soon. Bye.